0: Welcome to the rotten round table <laughs> What's up and welcome to the HorrorCast, episode number 128. And this is one of our Rotten Roundtable episodes where we go around the Rotten Roundtable, we talk about horror news, we talk about what's coming out uh, in the theaters and VOD and Netflix and Shutter and all that in the current month that we're in. And then we go around the table and talk about what we've been watching. We're not going to spoil anything uh, that's brand new. But if we talk about an older movie, we might uh, spoil some things. So just be warned. I am one of your hosts tonight, Mark Nato. And let's bring in the uh, horror savant of the group. Let's go. Uh, what's up, Vin? Revenant Vin. Horror savant?
1: Horror <laughs> savant. <laughs>
0: that should be um, your new no. bodca- uh, new um website, horrorsavant.com. <laughs>
1: well, yeah, I'll take that into consideration.
0: <laughs> I don't even know what a uh, savant is. What is a savant? <laughs> Didn't that mean like you're smart?
1: Yeah, but I only ever hear attached to idiot. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, all right. fair enough. Uh, but yeah, uh, rotten round table. Um, I've said before that I usually feel like the weak link in these episodes. But uh, you know, I, I feel like my my position on these episodes is more to be like the second opinion person, because yes. um, I just good. usually catch things a lot later than you guys do. So uh, I will
0: still movie. be fulfilling that role. You are the weakest link. I'm, I'm just kidding. No, you're not. You're never the weakest link.
2: That's an important uh, role to fill.
0: By the way, how was your Renaissance <laughs> fair? It was good. Uh, I drank my way through most leg? of it. Big turkey leg. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, we had a big turkey leg. Yeah. Any jousting? Uh, lots of mead. Yeah, we left before the jousting, but nice. um, it was good. The kids had a good time. Very
0: nice. So awesome. All right. Well, let's bring in the amateur destroyer, Jessica. What's up, Jessica?
2: Yo, yo, what's up? <laughs> that wasn't very natural, but you know. Oh, yo,
0: just no no <laughs> let me <just> start <laughs> beatboxing <awkward>. for you.
2: <laughs> but I have gotten a lot of watches in, and I'm excited to talk about them all. So it's a good time. Very,
0: very good. Uh, we are Sands Taminator tonight. Taminator is taking a, a mental health break, so let's just get started with the news feed. News. All right, there's tons of stuff. The site that I usually like to use for uh, horror news is Bloody Disgusting. Uh, I just think that's a really good site. But man, they've got so much stuff in there uh, that it's it's hard to kind of pick through. Uh, Vin, this is I uh, think something that you'll really enjoy. This was a documentary that was in the circuit. You know, this this year, of course, not a lot of people could make their way to festivals this year but uh this called woodlands dark and days bewitched and this is a folk horror documentary i know you're you're into that right yeah, yeah. Folk, folk horror so uh three hours yeah. long uh wow. comes out on vod on october 26th let's see talks all kinds of uh folk horror from uh witch general blood on satan's claw the wicker man all the way up uh, to modern days, uh, touching on over 200 films and featuring 50 different interviewees. So is it like,
1: is it uh, focused on British
0: folk horror? I don't believe so. It doesn't say uh, right here explores folk Have horror I- phenomenon from its beginnings through yeah. its pro- proliferation on British television in the seventies and it's cultural specific manifestations in America, Asia Australia oh, nice. and yeah, European horror. So that sounds like it'll be a great thing to watch to make a playlist. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yep. So there you go. Three hours of it. And yeah. uh this is another folk horror piece of news that I know you would uh love this. Uh, you're gonna have to ask this uh of your wife for Christmas. Severn <laughs> films. Have you heard about this? Got a new folk horror box set. <laughs> um, with 20 films and guess what's on it. What's don't what's know. a, what's a full car <laughs> film that, that you discovered that is not even in print.
1: Oh crap. Come on, I don't know. 80s. Wasn't there one from the early eighties or yes. something like
0: that? Yes. And, and I'm we blanking on the
1: name that. though.
0: Eyes of fire. Oh, um, that's right. Yeah. Yes. So it's been out of print for a long time and that's going to be on the box set. So, um, Lots of different. Uh, that's awesome. Things. Yeah,
1: that was that was an interesting film. Yeah. I gotta say,
0: interesting I little think film. We wouldn't mind having a nice Blu-ray of that. Yep. Yeah. So uh, the box the box set is limited to four thousand units. Oh dang. Oh wow. So okay. scores today, Vin.
2: Dang.
0: <laughs> it's gonna be like over hundred bucks though. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't say how much it is, but probably probably is.
2: Oh, that's so cool! Though I'm gonna look into that too.
0: I really, I mean, I really like Folkart. Really
2: me too. I've yeah. never seen a
0: full core movie that I didn't love. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it's uh, it's one that I wasn't really all that into until I started podcasting and kind of watching everything and and really really enjoy it. We're getting into fall. Thank God. We've only got I don't know what 17, 18 more days of summer. Technically, look when it when Labor Day hits, it's fall to me. That's just the way it is.
1: It's so already um, Halloween season.
0: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so I've already got the the fall uh, colors on my phone, a little um, you know pumpkin and leaves and stuff uh, mm-hmm. background. I, I'm 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 in fall mode. Okay. So, people start thinking about um, movies to watch and and TV shows to watch. You know, throughout the September October. So Shudder announced their sixty one days of Halloween. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone has a 30 days of Halloween or 31 days of Halloween. Well, Shudder was like, we'll show them. Yeah. We'll do 61 days of Halloween. Um, this is pretty interesting where they've got a, a, a ton of, of, of premieres and different movies coming out, uh, including VHS 94, which I mm-hmm. guess that would be what the third uh, VHS movie.
3: Oh, Yeah.
0: Wasn't
1: there, think, well, there's VHS too, but then wasn't there a poorly, a poorly received, like other, like, like a third one.
0: Was it, was it like VHS? Like, um, it was like some yeah.
1: digital or, yeah, there was yeah, some I other gimmick there. They, th- they threw out. Yeah. yeah.
0: So this would maybe be the fourth, the fourth one. So this one says, yeah, it says fourth installment, uh, returns the return of infamous found footage anthology with segments from franchise alumni, Simon Barrett, uh, timu Jahanto. i don't know that's the guy that did uh, made the devil take you to good movie by the way uh and some other ones so yeah that's cool uh another um follow-up anthology film called horror no Noir. Noir? I, I hate saying that word <laughs> uh, so going into that uh and creep show season three coming out in September. Yeah. So, yeah, and they've got Joe Bob's Halloween Hoedown. <laughs> uh, don't forget your, to, to click on your 2021 ghoul log edition. Yeah, you know the Yule Log at Christmas? Yeah. If you don't have a fireplace, you just throw the fireplace on the TV. Well, they have a ghoul log, and I guess it's just a jack-o'-lantern burning or whatever oh, so. they they have two of them now but my kids love it because there's
1: like you know little surprises that happen in the background and oh really um, so it, it's not just like the jack-o'-lantern there's there's a like, you know every so often nice. you hear know, like a footstep come through and yeah if you watch it you'll actually start noticing things and it's fun. my kids love like you know yeah. catching the the little
0: ghost like in the corner or something it says the gulag return of the gulag are both back along with a spooky new edition <laughs> could watch all <laughs> I've never done that. I have to check it out. I
3: love and it.
0: Then, and then something here, uh, which is kind of new. Well, it's not kind of new. It is new. It's called Shudder's Halloween Hotline. Every Friday in October, we're getting ahead of ourselves, but I want to give you time to plan. From 3 o'clock to 4 p.m., members are invited to call Samuel Zimmer, Zimmerman, who is the, sh- the head of programming at Shudder, to discuss all things horror from their favorite genre films. Uh, and then Sam will then use his horror expertise to offer customized viewing recommendations
3: from <laughs> Shudder's so
1: cool. expensive film. It feels like such a throwback.
0: Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's interesting. It's good to see that they're, um, you know, trying to throw a lot at the wall and see what sticks. I, yeah. yeah it's I enjoyed that.
2: cool. It took me, like, way too long to get on Shudder. And it's, like, the basically the only thing I'm ever on now. I love Shudder
0: yeah yeah it, it's it's been something that is, we've seen grow a lot you know when we when i first got it you know it was like 399 a month and it was there wasn't a whole lot on there but there was some good stuff on there mm-hmm. and then it just it just kind of snowballed and really uh has uh, has grown so i hope they keep growing
2: yeah i definitely get my money's worth
0: and yep. then
3: some yeah
0: <laughs> i don't i don't think you can can complain about the price for what no. you
3: get
0: really and the last piece of news that i will talk about is uh i thought this was a little strange the um texas chainsaw massacre film uh produced by fetty alvarez uh we, we've been waiting on this for a while you know you guys have heard of it right yeah that they were doing yeah i don't,
1: I don't even know where it fits in the timeline at this point <laughs>
0: Like <laughs> yeah i don't even it know this is the most convoluted timeline <laughs> Yes.
3: yeah
0: well um Netflix has required the rights to the film oh so um, hmm. that means to me it probably won't go to the theater right I mean I don't know does Netflix yeah, no. ever send movies to the theater
1: I don't think they'd have no. an incentive to no they yeah. want
0: people so I was I was anxious to see that but that kind of like throws a little loop in there a little wrench in there for me cuz i'm sure netflix, netflix
1: gives a lot of money though for some of
0: its uh some yeah. of its films yeah so so we'll see i just i would have liked to have gone to see it the texas yeah, was we'll like
1: sometimes movie. netflix horror films they're surprisingly gory sometimes yeah um, so it could deliver
3: yeah
0: i hope so
1: yeah.
2: but yeah it's one of those things that would be nice to see on the big screen
0: yep yeah it's like you know if they had a a new Friday Thirteenth, or you know, if if Halloween Kills was only available on uh, you know on the yeah. small screen, what that would that would piss me off. And I'm not as much of a Leatherface uh, you know lover as some people are, but I'm sure there's people that love Leatherface like I uh, like J- uh, Michael Myers, so right, very pissed about that. But I don't know, whatever. Yeah. All right. Well, that's about all I want to talk about for the news. So we're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to go through uh, September. Mark your calendars.
1: Let's hide in the attic.
2: No, in the basement. Why can't we just get in the running car?
3: Are you crazy? Let's hide behind the chainsaws. Smart. (laughs) If you're in a horror movie, you make poor decisions. That's what you do.
1: Shh. I'm being quiet. Breathing on me. If you want to save 15% or more on car insurance, you switch to Geico. It's what you do.
0: All right, we're back, and it's time for September. Mark your calendars. Woohoo! Woohoo!
3: Mark calendars! Mark
0: calendars! We are recording this on September, I believe it's the 4th, isn't it? 5th? Uh, Is it's the
2: 5th. Fifth. Fifth?
0: Yeah. It's the fifth, yes. So, a uh, few things have already come out. So, uh, this is like we're going back in time here. Uh, so September 2nd is a movie that I'll be talking about tonight called Superhost um, on Shudder. Did you see this one yet, Jessica? I did. Okay. So she'll be talking about it too as well. Uh, September 3rd, uh, Obsidian, The Madness Inside Me, the the long-awaited film, Karen. <laughs> I haven't watched it yet. That film looks terrible. Um, I can't know what
2: that one is.
1: It's is it's
0: who? basically about a white crazy woman that hates black <laughs> Asking people. Asking to see the manager. Oh, is that <laughs> yeah. No, she's like I guess she like hates and kills black people in the neighborhood. I don't know. It's oh, no. one of the most ridiculous things I've ever seen in my life. Um We Need to Do Something is another film that uh comes out on, on the third, and then what we do in the Shadow season three, dropping on uh, Hulu and FX. So if you haven't seen that uh, that th- series, first of all, if you haven't seen the original film, w- what are you waiting on? And the first two seasons of that were awesome. So uh, September seventh uh, is a. Uh, this kind of looks like a low budget descent ripoff. It's called It Came from Below. Um, I'm always up for a good you know, creature feature, if, even if it's low budget, so we'll see. Uh, witches of Blackwood, I don't know much about that, except it is about witches. <laughs> the 9th of September, Shudder drops a film called Martyrs Lane. Uh, September 10th, the this is, I guess this is more of a queer, LGBTQ um, film. It's called Death Drop Gorgeous. <laughs> and it's kind of like a slashery type film where there's a, a killer out killing, um, uh, LGBTQ, uh, people, uh, for their blood. And it's a survival film with, a, a I think there's a drag queen. And so I don't, it looks crazy. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, the voyeurs coming on Amazon prime. That looks kind of like a, like a sensual thriller Horror, like like watching people across the way and then something happened. Almost like a rear window. I don't know. Oh. And then the one that I'm really, really pumped for is uh, Malignant.
3: Yeah.
0: James Wan. I've seen this trailer twice. Man, it, it looks so good. It comes out uh, at theaters and on HBO Max simultaneously. Very similar to what uh, The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It did. Mm-hmm. But uh i i encourage you go to the theater to watch it it looks like it's one of those films that you will want to see in a the theater but one thing that's that's something that um it doesn't trouble me but it may, may, gives me pause james Wan keeps talking about that this film is his take on the giallo it, this film the trailer doesn't look like a Jalo at all it looks like um it almost looks like a creature feature like paranormal um even even like possession type film so yeah. I'm not sure whether I'm not getting the shallow part um but hey, maybe it'll surprise me
2: he said that or someone else said that about it
0: no he's he said it he mm-hmm. said this is my take on the Jalo. that's been that's been in the news for like over a year that that's you know um so I don't know we'll see yeah. Uh, September fourteenth, we've got shelter in place. This is uh, something that is interesting to me because it takes place at the Roosevelt Hotel. You guys know what that is?
1: It's the one where yeah, there's some interesting,
0: crazy stuff has yeah, happened. yeah, things have
1: happened. Yeah,
0: serial killers have stayed there. Um, you know, uh, it's where the woman
1: a, she died in the just uh,
0: completely disappeared and ended up Yeah, and they found her up in the, on the the, roof, right? Yeah. In the water tank up in the roof. And there's no, you know, they've got pictures of her, a film of her on the elevator and she's acting really weird. It, 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 there's, um, I guess rumors of it being haunted and and all this stuff. So, uh, it's based in a real place. So that would be interesting. Um, another one called Royal jelly. Uh, all right. Uh, This is, (laughs) there's, there's bees involved. I don't know what, uh, and then like a little creature feature, um, this is kind of getting you geared up for uh, um, for Halloween. It's called Bad Candy. And this one gave me, I, I don't want to compare it to it because I've never seen it, but like it gave me like Psycho Gorman type vibes. Um, and I like that movie. Yeah. Uh, September 15th on Netflix, is, it looks like a, a film kind of like for kids. It's called Night Books. It looks pretty mm. cool. September 17th, uh, The Nowhere Inn, uh, Nick Cage's Prisoners of the Ghost Land is dropping. And there's an animated film that looks like it's coming out at the theaters called Spooky Jack. So that that kind of piqued my interest because I always love... Uh, one of my favorite things to watch during the fall is Monster House. Yeah. I love that movie. I still mm-hmm. have love
2: it. seen that.
0: You've never seen oh, Monster no? House, no, Jessica. Put it on. You will love it.
2: I'll just watch it by myself and pretend I'm a kid. No, it, it's not even just now.
0: for kids. <laughs> it it actually it it, it makes adults small yeah. kids.
1: <laughs> there's uh, jokes that go over those kids' heads too. Oh anyway. yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: It's like this group of kids and what's the what's the little fat kid's name? I forget what his name is. Mm-hmm. Hilarious. There I mean, it's really good. I wish they would do like more like that. So Spooky Jack. Um, And then the 21st of September, there's another animated film. I think this is just hitting VOD. It's called Night of the Animated Dead. (laughs) And they're they're taking the story from the original Night of the Living Dead, but it's going to be animated. So (laughs) that might be interesting.
3: Um,
0: Yep. September 22nd is a film called intrusion coming out on netflix um again like i mentioned before the 23rd creep show season three drops on shutter uh 24th is a film starring jake gyllenhaal who i like a lot this is not as much a horror but this is kind of like a i don't know uh, it's a thriller suspense type thing it's called the guilty he's a 911 operator and gets involved in some kind of tomfoolery and then also on the 24th, been waiting for this, and I can't wait uh, for this thing to drop. It's Midnight Mass. It is the, uh, the new series from Mike Flanagan. Yeah. Dropping on Netflix, Yes, Please, and yeah. more. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, a couple more here. September 28th, uh, low-budget film called Beyond Paranormal. The 29th, Seance drops on Shutter. That's been out for months, by the way. It's Mm -hmm. that same movie. Um, They've done that several times this year. A movie comes out, does pretty well, but doesn't get all that much attention. And then Shudder will scoop it up. They did it with Sun. Um, They're doing it with Seance, They've done it many times. So that's a good movie. You should watch it. And then 29th on Netflix is a film called No One Gets Out Alive. So there you go. And I I can't wait for the October one because you know October is going to be loaded. Loaded. Yeah. Yeah, because I know one thing is that's cool is uh, Amazon is dropping those uh, that Welcome to Blumhouse thing again. Four new movies, one every week. And uh, just like they did last year. And the ones last year weren't weren't great. There were a couple decent ones. Uh, this year, uh, they look like, pretty good. They look better. But we'll see. All right, so that is a lot. We will take a quick break. And when we get back, we're going to go around the Rotten Roundtable and talk about what we've been watching. Hey. <laughs>
1: Love horror movies?
0: Yeah, so do we. Handpicked by experts. Psychos, demons, ghosts, the occult, zombies. Killer kids, black magic, vampires. Shudder kills Netflix on selection. Screams on demand. Shudder.com All right, we're back. And it's time to go around the Rotten Roundtable and talk about all the films and maybe even TV shows that we've been watching. So, Vin, you're up. What's up? What you been watching?
1: So, like I said, I'm usually one playing catch-up. Um, so, one of the ones that I finally got around to seeing was The Vigil, uh, which I Loved know it. Yeah, you had recommended this one pretty strongly earlier in the year. Um, and it took me a while because the copy that I was trying to watch earlier in the year didn't have subtitles,
3: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> so I, I wasn't I couldn't understand any of the Yiddish that was going on. Uh, but now I think it's on Hulu, I believe, with full subtitles. Um, I think it's is where I saw the, it.
2: I'm sorry to cut you off. Is that the mm-hmm. one where um like somebody dies and someone has to stay with the body yeah. overnight? Yeah. Yes. Oh,
1: yes. Yeah. I want to
2: see that so
0: bad. Yes, in Shiva. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So this is a uh, yeah. It's an American film. Right, uh, written and directed by Keith Thomas, and this is his feature film debut, um, or dictatorial debut. Uh, and yeah, this, you know, like Mark had said, I think earlier in the year at one point, you know, this is an impressive example, I think, of, you know, it's an effective horror film that takes place almost entirely in a single location, uh, mm-hmm. which I love those types of films. Um, and there are moments when you definitely, I think, feel like the time is being stretched, Uh, but overall the end product I thought was really satisfying Um, so like yeah what what we're seeing in this uh, as far as the plot you have this character who has left Jewish orthodoxy um, and he's trying to move on and enter the more like modern secular world uh, and he's kind of struggling with guilt from a past trauma that stemmed from discrimination against orthodox Jews Um, and he is asked basically to you know sit you know, I, th- I think sh- they call it a Shomer. The, I, I can't pronounce it. Yeah, they, it? well, it, the, it's S H O M E R, is what they they say, and they I can't do the pronunciation though. Mm. Um, but essentially, he sits and prays over this deceased man, right? Uh, overnight, a guy named Mister um, who we see also has a past trauma and guilt related to the Holocaust. So you kind of see this whole theme. In the movie, right? A past trauma as it relates to the Jewish experience um, going throughout. Uh, and there is a demon <laughs> inside this house. Uh, and it's an interesting demon. It's like, um, you know, I'm, I'm not really spoiling things. I was talking about one thing about the demon that you end up learning, you know, in the first half. Um, but its head is on backwards. Uh, and that's because it's like condemned to look into the past. So we have this demon that's basically making them relive and remember painful memories. So this is a film that kind of seems to be about in a way, like the Jewish community trying to come to terms with a tragic past and only by confronting the past and coming to peace with it, can you actually move forward? Um, and it's kind it's, it's cool. You know, uh, this demon, I think there was a Mazik is maybe what, again, I'm, I'm probably not saying it correctly, um, but it's kind of refreshing to see a different understanding of demons on the screen. You know, like a, In Jewish theology, from my understanding, uh, of course, it doesn't share the same concepts of heaven and hell as Christianity does. And demons are often understood to actually be sent by God to torment the living as punishment, not necessarily, you know, coming from hell or anything like that. Um, So ultimately, this demon kind of does the same things that we've seen other demons and evil spirits do. So I kind of wish there were a little more differences there uh, in that regard. But I really enjoyed seeing these kind of familiar horrors take place within a religion and a culture that doesn't often appear on in horror cinema, you know, on screen. Um, so I really did enjoy this one. That is really worth checking out.
2: Yeah. And I know Mark mentioned before that that concept is just like totally perfect for the horror genre. You know, and it's kind of crazy that no one's really, or at least probably that we know of, has covered that before. Because it just mm-hmm. sounds so terrifying, like, in itself already. Um, I really want to watch that, too. It sounds pretty cool.
0: Yeah. And watch it, you know, with the sound up and with the lights off. Yes. It, it adds to it. Adds to <laughs> it where, did you,
2: um, where did you watch it, Vin?
0: I think it
1: might have been Hulu. Okay i believe hulu has it on there with all the
0: full subtitles
2: mm-hmm. awesome thank you yeah
0: good stuff very good stuff all right jessica you're up
2: yeah um so i think on our last rotten round table someone had talked about gaia and i mm-hmm. was like man i gotta watch that and i think i watched it like right after we stopped recording um so i finally got to watch gaia from this year And um, let's see, it is directed by Jacko Bauer and written by Tertius Cap. I'm so sorry. It's a Mm -hmm. South African movie, so I can't pronounce any of these uh, names or anything. But it was really cool. The little plot summary is that an injured forest ranger on a routine mission is saved by two off-the-grid survivalists. Uh, What is initially a welcome rescue grows more suspicious as the son and his renegade father reveal a cultish devotion to the forest. Um, I ended up really liking this and I'm a little partial to nature in general. And I like the idea of the earth kind of taking back its power. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it kind of plays along with those ideas and themes. Um, And I think that there were some really interesting, like creature design in it and concepts there's like a I guess a drug trip scene in it that I thought was pretty cool um yeah. because of the way that it's played out in it um there's a little bit of CGI that bothered me a little bit but mostly I really like the visuals um mm-hmm. and I really like the kind of slow burn like I feel like the, the pacing got a little slow in certain parts mm-hmm. um but overall I kind of like the slow burn of it But yeah, I would recommend it if any of those ideas interest you.
0: Yeah, I thought it was a a pretty good movie. I thought it was interesting. I thought that uh, some of those visuals, like you know, the guy, kind of returning to the tree with the flowers growing on him and stuff, that was, that was pretty cool. Uh, I need to get this. It's one of those that it's definitely going to get a a second watch, like in December, Mm -hmm. um, as I do my my top twenty list because I remember liking it. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, and And it 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 needs further exploration.
2: I agree. It has a small cast, so it's you know a lot of it rests on the shoulders of like four actors. Um, But I liked all the acting. Um, So
0: yeah, definitely a well-made film. Yep, that was a uh, a festival darling, uh, I believe that one did really well in the festivals.
2: Darling.
0: Yes, darling. (laughs) All right. Um, let's see, what am I going to bring up first? Uh, went to the theaters three times, to- four times, uh, this month to see horror movies, which I was very happy about. And, um, let's talk about Candyman. Yeah. Uh, Candyman, 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 <gasps> Candyman. I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm not looking in the mirror. Oh, wait a minute. Crap. I can see myself in my, in my computer screen. No, oh,
3: you're I'm done
0: for. Okay. <laughs> Uh, this is a sequel to the horror film Candyman from 1992, and, and uh, there's subsequent films, right? I think there's like three Candyman films. Um, I think, I think, so. I think, I don't think they take any of the other two into consideration, or they did kind of like a Halloween. I think the second one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so it's a sequel to Candyman 1992 that returns to the now gentrified Chicago neighborhood where the legend began, and I don't even like that. Uh, I'll just do my own here.
3: Yeah. We've
0: got a, um, we've got a guy, an artist called um, Anthony, Anthony McCoy. And his girlfriend, who was kind of like a an art connoisseur, she puts together shows and stuff. So they live in that neighborhood that, you know, used to be, uh, you know, where that Candyman story took place. But now it's been uh, gentrified and it's got a, nice apartments and nice shops and that you know the the white people have moved in you know and and there's there's white and black people in this film um so he gets told this story about um what was uh the girl's name from the first movie helen helen yeah helen uh she was she was played by um uh
2: virginia madsen
0: yeah virginia Mm -hmm. madsen so so, basically, he gets told this story, this, like, urban legend of Candyman and how Helen had um, – they kind of have it where she is kind of, like, the crazy person and how she did – because it was really Candyman, but, you know, it looks like she did it. So, mm-hmm. he tells in this story, and he kind of becomes obsessed with this legend of Candyman, and he uh, goes into the neighborhood and starts asking around, and he finds us guy who knows all about Candyman and starts to, to give him more information and he gets inspired um and starts doing artwork uh, about candy man and stuff uh so there's a little bit of like candy man kind of taking over and possessing him and and, and and all of that going on uh and what we've got is a really really fun movie i i enjoyed this movie uh tremendously I I was just like, where are they going to take this? What is, is it just going to happen again? But the way they, um, integrated the mythology and everything from the first one, and then even created some new mythology Mm -hmm. for Candyman, uh, was very interesting. Kept me guessing. Uh, I thought that there was some really good, uh, um, gore, a couple of, uh, really uh nasty like throat cuts and things like that yeah uh, Candyman looked great and you'll have to wait till uh you get there to see like where, where tony todd comes in because tony todd does appear in the movie as Candyman, and I, I will say this that they definitely did some age regression on him <laughs> mm-hmm. but um <laughs> I, I thought i thought it was brilliant yeah i really did i thought i thought it was fantastic and this is going to be in my blu-ray collection um as soon as it comes out this is really good Mm -hmm. i
2: thought um something that was really cool about it too is you know sometimes these movies come out that kind of focus around art or it's supposed to be like a big part of the story um and so they'll have you know these artsy elements in it that like don't necessarily add anything or work with it Mm -hmm. um and I felt like it was done so well in this, and I liked that they had all of that um, that cool puppetry animation stuff going on. I felt I felt like it really oh, fed yeah. into that whole like art part of it and how they try to integrate it with um, Anthony's girlfriend or fiance. How her dad was an artist, you know. Yep. Also, I'm kind of an artist, so I always mm-hmm. appreciate stuff like that. And it really bums me out when a movie comes out and it's supposed to be about. It's supposed to talk a lot about art, but then the artwork in it is just like so bad.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Which oh, there's I some good I artwork in this in this film. Yeah,
3: really, I mean,
2: even really,
0: just some and, of and not steps. just not just that uh, puppetry type thing where they kind of they kind of tell the story of the the Candyman legend through that puppetry, that shadow puppetry. Yeah, that you see like if you've watched the trailer, you see some of that. That that's kind of what they use as they tell that story. And it reminds me of what was that film? Um, it was a, it was an Asian film, maybe even Mal- Malaysian film, where there was, it, it was a guy. He was a puppeteer.
2: Was it in
3: Pettigore?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah Pedagore. It reminded me of that just a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. That might have even been like maybe some inspiration that they got from this. But right, um, yeah, yeah, I was talking about even the the artwork. That he's working on in that room, mm-hmm. you know, where it ends up being all those faces. Yeah. That, that's good artwork. It's
2: very evocative. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's very cool. So I was, um, you know, and I, I was impressed with like some of the, there's a little bit of body horror mm-hmm. in it. That was pretty gross.
2: Yeah. Um, and the way that some of the scenes are, you know, shot is like artsy in itself too. Like in yes. the bathroom where they're showing it on the, the mirror instead of you seeing it directly. Yep. Stuff like that, I thought, was really cool, um, yeah. and just like kind of also played into that.
0: Oh, and the one, the one shot where you see Candyman kill the lady, and and we're panning away from her apartment.
3: Uh huh. That's that was so cool. good.
0: That was really cool. So that was creepy. yeah, my my suggestion is to go see this at the at the the theater. I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I might even actually go see it again before it comes out of theaters, but
2: yeah, I saw yep. well, Obviously I saw it in the theater too, and I did not regret it at all. Yep.
0: <laughs> yep. yep. And I, I've been hearing a lot of hate. On oh, this. really? I really have. I and haven't I'm heard like, any. I, I, I just don't understand what, what, uh, you could oh. hate about it. I just I don't understand what oh, you I could really hate about
2: like it. it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's such, I think it was a perfect, uh, update. And, you know Jordan Peele, um, Nia DeCosta, and Wynn Rosenfeld. F- they wrote the screenplay together,
3: mm-hmm. and then
0: Nia DeCosta uh, is the one that directed it. Uh, and all of that—the the the writing and the directing and the acting—all of it was was fantastic.
2: Yeah, fantastic. I thought it was awesome. I really like this idea of like instead of just straight up remaking something. Um, this like continuation of something years later and it actually oh works. absolutely. It like works to the the story, you know, like mm-hmm. they worked into a story in a really smart way. Um, yep. you know, kind of like when they picked up Twin Peaks a couple of years ago. Um, and it was like actually the 25 or 30 years later or whatever. Yep. Um, I just I think that that's such a cool idea, you know, because we can yep. start doing stuff like that with some of our, um, older shows and movies that we love so yeah. and I don't yeah. know if I've mentioned this before but the original Candyman was the first horror movie that I ever saw in the theaters when I was like six um, mm.
1: and wow. I took my that's daughter young for that movie <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. well that's how my parents roll but also my mom and I really like Clive Barker in general so um, it kind of makes sense in yeah. a way, like for me in a way but it was i I've had a lot of joy in taking my daughter to see this one in yeah. the theater and be like, Oh, I saw the original when I was a kid. I mean, she's a mm-hmm.
0: teenager but, Yeah. So. Yeah. I, I also liked uh, how there there were certain parts where, where you, you just see a glimpse of Candyman in the background. that mm-hmm. That kind of reminded me of like, that's what I liked about like the original Halloween, you know, like right. sometimes you see Michael Myers in the background and like, no one else sees him, you know, or, or he's yeah. just standing, you know, and they, they did that, uh, very well. So, uh, hats off to, uh, all the producers and director and writers and stars of this film. I thought it was really good. And, and they, they did leave it open to a sequel. Yeah. I felt. I totally. felt so. Yeah. But, uh, yes. Be my victim. No. no. <laughs> it's good stuff. Yeah. Good go stuff. Yeah. Go see it, man. Come on. <laughs> I know you're going to wait until it comes over. <laughs> yeah, I know you will. So that's okay. But we're back to you. Come on, Vin. What you got?
1: Uh, so another one that I watched from earlier this year, but I don't think it's quite as early, but a uh, violation. Mm-hmm. Um, did you guys talk about this on a round table?
0: I don't know if I saw, uh, I know he missed a round it?
1: table and I don't know if it was brought up or.
0: I saw it, um, at a virtual film festival. Oh, okay. Uh, I think it was Sundance, is where I saw that back in like January, February. So it's been a while. Did you see this one, Jessica?
2: I haven't seen it yet. I'm kind of waiting to be in the right mood Um, just from like the few things that I've heard about, you know, the tone of it.
1: Yeah. It's so it's a Canadian film um, directed and written by Madeline Sims Feuer, who also stars, and Dusty Mancinelli. Um, and it's definitely a film that I had to kind of sit with and think about, you know, to determine how I felt. And I'm still not even entirely sure. Um, I just, I didn't actually like it, uh, that much at first, but then the more that I let things kind of roll around in my mind, the more I appreciated certain choices that maybe I wasn't crazy about the first time around. Um, and I checked around for some reviews and I kept seeing people refer to this as like a rape revenge story um but i think or i should say that i hope that the film is actually kind of doing more than that um i've seen some people when they talk about it wholeheartedly take the main character miriam side and i think that maybe they're missing a big chunk of what the film is maybe suggesting but essentially in this film we have like this these two couples um and the two women are sisters and the way that the the kind of blurb for the plot says that uh, a woman is her, her trust is betrayed by her sister and brother-in-law. And that's, what's a little bit iffy in a lot of this. And then she goes out for revenge and uh, that revenge is hard to watch at times. It really is. Mm. Um, But I think if we take it strictly as a rape revenge film, it, it still does some interesting things. Um, It kind of can show how like blame can be passed to the victim or it can show how perpetrators can be people who we know and trust. Mm -hmm. But I think the film also offers plenty of ambiguity. um, And it importantly doesn't show us certain things that would help us complete the picture in our minds Mm -hmm. of like exactly what happened. And it kind of gives us this female character who is ultimately manipulative, unhinged, and really untrustworthy. Uh, So there's a certain subversion of like rape revenge tropes that are in the film that I, I like what it's trying to do. You know, and rape prevention films are usually, you know, you kind of talked, and Jessica, you need to be in the right frame of mind for those kind of movies. I think, you know, yeah, Um, that's not the kind of thing you put on just with some, you know, for some uh, a popcorn flick or something. Uh, They're usually hard to watch, um, but there's usually a catharsis in seeing the guys. It's always the guys get what's coming to them, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, But in this one, it's in. I don't know, it's not entirely clear that the punishment fits the crime at all. Or it's, I should say it's entirely clear that the punishment does not fit the crime. Um, and also the circumstances of the crime itself are questionable. Uh, and there's a murder um, that we end up seeing in excruciating detail. Um, and also, it's a pretty good how-to guide of how to get rid of a body uh, <laughs> in this film. <laughs> but, you know, the murder doesn't seem to be as much about revenge as it does about getting someone out of the picture so that you can manipulate the third person. Mm. that's a part of this relationship
3: Interesting.
1: um and it's also got this like a lot of full frontal male nudity and it kind of puts a man in the position that we usually see women in horror films like this
3: Gotta love uh that.
1: so it kind of subverts expectations like that too um and it's beautifully shot it's got a nice score uh some really good acting especially from uh madeline sims fewer um mm-hmm. she has a pretty amazing scene where she's trying to uh dispose of the body <laughs> in a certain mm-hmm. way with a, a cooler um the gore is visceral it's realistic and it's very lingering uh but again i'm still mixed on how i feel um because i think the film would benefit from i think it would benefit from repeat viewings but it's ultimately overly long it's like an hour and 45 minutes mm-hmm. and i definitely felt the runtime um and i think there are deliberate choices made to kind of clue the viewer in on certain aspects of the characters and their motivation, but the story is still pretty flat and cut and dry. Um, so while, you know, I said, I, w- I think it would benefit from repeat viewings. I don't really want to watch it again. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so whatever, you know, take that for what it is. Um, I think it's definitely worth checking out, but I, I do have some very mixed feelings about the whole thing.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I'll watch it before our next rotten round table um,
0: okay.
2: and report back. Because it sounds pretty layered, so that's cool, and I will, uh, yeah.
0: yeah.
2: I've been wanting to watch it.
0: It reminds me of, uh, it's definitely art house. Um, you know, the stories told in non-linear form. Mm-hmm.
1: And, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, th- Lots of some close-up shots of, like, insects. and Yeah, there's, like, and, very, it's
0: yeah. very artistic. And also, it really reminds me of, like, uh, Lars von Trier-type film. Ooh, yeah. yeah, I can see that yeah uh I, I, I certain it. long shots yeah. yeah i liked it and uh, again yeah it was definitely tough to watch in certain spots um i have not yet revisited it because i don't know if it was south by southwest or sundance that i saw that at, but really early this year and you only get to watch it once you know uh when you pay for it so i need to go back and and re it but like like vin said it's not one of those where i'm like yeah so chomping at the bit to throw it back on, because
3: yeah.
0: you know. So, but it's definitely worth uh, at least one watch. Yep.
2: Okay. Cool. Yep. Well, Got to get it but, in.
0: But, but watch Monster House first.
1: <laughs> I'm telling you.
0: That. Well, I or after, you may need some catharsis yourself. You might yourself. need a Monster House <laughs> after watching this. Yeah. That's funny. All right, you're up, Jessica.
2: All right, so I'm going to bring up Teddy, uh, which is on Shudder, 2021 movie. Um, Have either of you seen it yet?
0: No, I've not seen it yet.
2: Oh, my God. I really, really like this movie. I think it's, like, second on my list for the year right now. Um, It's a French movie, and the little plot summary is that in a rural French town, 20-something Teddy is scratched by an unknown beast and slowly undergoes frightening changes Um, I don't think it's a spoiler to say this is, like, a coming-of-age werewolf movie. Um, Because you kind of know that, like, a minute in, that it's going to be something like that. But um, I just really like it. I guess you could call this kind of art house, but, like, in a really fun way. Um, And even though it's kind of fun and elements of it are really lighthearted, it's got some really, really, like, dark humor and some dark concepts and feelings um, and I just really liked the acting. I love Teddy. I just wanted to be like Teddy's best friend and ma- tell him everything's gonna be okay. Um, but it's just—I uh, don't know—it's just a shot in a way that made me feel very involved in the whole story. And the climax is super awesome. <laughs> it's really, really good. I love the uh, the ending and like the last scene um but yeah i recommend everybody go check that out i don't see how anyone could like not like it
0: yeah it's definitely on on my my watch list Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah
2: and obviously like werewolf stuff is always like a coming of age tale in a lot of Mm -hmm. ways.
1: Um, I was just thinking that when you were so good about it, (laughs) like (laughs) Like how many times has it been used for like puberty, you know, it's like (laughs) a metaphor. Yeah. Ginger Um, snaps.
2: (laughs) But I just like love the way that it's played out. And I just think that the characters are super awesome. And that's the thing is like, you don't necessarily have to have a revolutionary concept if you do a good job at executing it. Um, And I think this is like a good example of that.
0: Very good. That's awesome. You're saying I should watch it this week.
2: Yes. I think it's super awesome.
0: All right. Back up to me. And it is The Night House. This is a film that I went to see. This is one this was one of my most anticipated films of the year. Um I kind of Because
2: you like Rebecca Hall, right?
0: Well, I just like When I watched the trailer, I was like, "This is up my alley." There's like a, a mystery happening. It looks like like a haunted house or a ghost, something happening with it. Just something about it just, um, you know, gave me uh, the the desire to see it more than most films. Uh, Directed by David Bruckner, who Mm -hmm. did uh, The Ritual, which I really liked. Yeah, Uh, I didn't
2: realize that.
0: Yeah, also uh, Southbound. And he also had some, uh, some something to do with the VHS, the first original VHS film. So, and he is also the guy that is filming the, um, the new uh, Hellraiser. So, yeah, he, he he's he's a good up and coming director. Um, yeah, th- this is going to be a movie that's not for everybody. Matter of fact, Taminator hated it. Uh, <laughs> don't think she even finished it. Um, because it is a slow mover it is a we start with rebecca hall who 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 plays uh uh beth and her husband has committed suicide by shooting himself and basically we we just kind of sit with her in her life for for a few weeks probably uh as she kind of goes through this grief uh she had no idea that he was you know suicidal or depressed she has no clue and she like starts to you know question like why this happened and then things start happening in the house that are very weird and uh she begins to uncover things about her husband uh that are pretty disturbing and that's just because it just goes from there uh so is is the presence in the house is that her husband you know, trying to communicate with her or is it something else? And are all these, uh, secrets that she's uncovering and she basically, she's basically obsessing about these, uh, secrets, you know, are they true? Are they, you know, or why is he, why did he do what he did? It was really good. I mean, it was really good right now. It's got about 4.2 thousand ratings on IMDb and it's, and it's uh 6.9 out
3: of 10. Mm-hmm.
0: And which is very good for a horror movie, by the way. Um, I do really want to see it. I think it's higher than that. Uh, you, you've got to have patience with it. it. It is a little bit of an arty film. Uh, it, it's a character-driven piece. like I, I really felt for this woman, um, Beth. And it's got a twist. It's got a twist uh, that I thought was, was pretty cool. And I won't kind of spoil that. Now, I will say that it is... For the for the average moviegoer, it, it is a tad long. It's an hour and 47 minutes. Um, I didn't feel like I was sitting there for an hour and 47 minutes and like uh, looking at my watch. I didn't look at my watch once or my phone. Who wears a watch anymore? Uh, I'm sorry. If you do <laughs> okay. wear a watch, uh, I didn't mean to say anything bad about you. Uh, <laughs> I also feel like this is going to get some um, comparisons to The Invisible Man. Um, mm. which you will find out why when you watch. Lee it. L's, you mean? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like in a good way. Yeah in a, in a good way, but uh, j- just, I really liked it. It it vaulted into the the top five of the year for me. Oh, so, nice. Um, and that could have it could have gone the other way when you start like thinking about a movie like wanting to see this movie like a year ahead of time Mm -hmm. and you keep building it up in your your mind in the trailer or whatever a lot of times it can disappoint because you've built it up you know so much in your mind but uh this one i I really really enjoyed and again when it comes out on blu-ray it's going to be bought and put in my collection so that's how i do a lot of times i will know what my top 10 of the year is going to be because, like, I buy the Blu-rays the day they come out. Like, mm-hmm. I want that movie in my collection. You know, so.
2: Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I'm not sure if that one's still playing in theaters over here. But if it is, I want to try and watch it sometime this this upcoming week.
0: Yeah, my guess is that it's probably not. I mean, I don't think yeah. it got a ton of um, backing behind it or whatever. Um, they, they changed the the date that it was supposed to be released like three times. Uh, so, um, I want to see here. I'm just going to click here. It's still playing, uh, around me, but <laughs> here, here it is. This is, this is when, you know, it's like getting ready to go out of the theater. It only has one time
2: oh, yeah. per, per day,
0: <laughs> 10, 20 PM. <laughs> so yeah, if you, yeah. uh, if you can catch it, I would catch it.
3: Uh,
2: yeah.
0: On, uh, in the theater but it it should come to vod pretty quickly i would think
2: okay do you think this one's worth going to see in the theater
0: Uh, i I do
2: want to see all of them in the theater but
0: i I do because i like the theater experience yeah sound design is really good Mm -hmm. the visuals are good but this is not a um you know this is not like a gory uh you know special effects driven type film um, but the sound design is good. The, the score is very good. It, it, I mean, so that, that's up to you. It depends on what you like to go to the movies for. I, I would rather see anything at the movies. Right. That's, that's just me. You know, if it's, it's one of those films where it's just a bunch of people talking, you know, uh, one of those mumble core I would rather still see it at the movies. That's just the way I am. Right. Uh, but Anyway, so there you go. Sweet. A night house. All right, back to you, Vin. All right, well, I
1: checked out uh, The Funeral Home. Yes. Um, this is another one that, Mark, you had mentioned earlier in the year uh, and I'd recommended. Um, so this one's from Argentina, uh, written and directed by Maro Ivan Ojeda. Uh, and, um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed this one. Um, we have, like, this this dysfunctional family right who are all kind of damaged in their own way and we meet them already in the middle of a haunting scenario so their home is also a funeral home um like actively Uh, although we don't see a lot of that i kind of wish there was a little more of that Um, and it's being haunted by spirits and there are certain rules which the family are following um, and we kind of begin to understand their circumstance, like kind of like why they have to use a porta potty <laughs> instead of a mm-hmm. bathroom. Uh, and we kind of begin to understand the rules, and yeah, you know, the tension then starts to ratchet up with the danger due to the introduction or revelation—I'm not sure which—of a demonic presence. Uh, and there's kind of a nice touch of whimsy in the film, especially in, in the end, that I liked, and a really good score uh this kind of haunting string score um when it comes to scores like i either i notice if i don't like it or i notice it if i really like it yeah (laughs) so this one i really like if i don't remember what the score is that it just pretty much did its job um but (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) i really like this one uh and i mean it's not perfect for me uh you know you never really grow to sympathize with any of the characters Mm-hmm. Uh, you kind of find that you actually grow to, I think, dislike one or two of them. <laughs> and also like there's, there's a supposed reveal of like the elderly grandfather character that we see in a flashback that seems kind of out of place with what we actually saw of that character. Mm-hmm. Um, and unfortunately that actor died of COVID just two months after the film was released. Oh. Uh, so that was actually his last film role. The one that plays the grandfather. Mm-hmm. Uh But, you know, overall, I think it's kind of this an interesting and effective haunted habitation story that comes kind of close to hitting out of the park. Um, I actually wish they could have spent a little bit more time getting us to connect with the characters more. And, you know, once you finally kind of get a hold of what's going on, it all starts to go wrong for everyone. And then it kind of feels like that comes on too fast. Uh, But overall, it's a really interesting film and definitely worth checking out. I did like it.
2: Yeah. Nice. Where's that one going?
0: That's on Shutter right now.
2: On Shutter, okay,
0: cool. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I think I saw that back in January or February. Um, I think I rented it on uh, when um, there used to be a Fandango Now app, which now has been uh, swallowed up by Vudu. Hmm.
3: Um,
0: but that's where I watched it. It it popped up on there, and I rented it, and uh, I was really impressed with it. Um, again, not perfect but I was probably in a string of like watching some really bad movies.
3: <laughs> yeah. Which,
0: which, right. And this is above average. Up, and yeah. I was like, Hey, this is pretty good. And, and it actually is produced by del Toro films. Oh. That's the studio. Mm-hmm. So this is a guy mm-hmm. that, um, you know, del Toro at least probably has his eye on. Um, so I thought it was very good. Another, another one. I just want to, um, if you like haunted house type things, uh, please seek out La Casa, which is just, it's, which means the house, right? Mm-hmm. It's basically a, a one-person story, and it's another Spanish-language film. It's a cop who gets a 911 call from inside this haunted house, and it's basically him trying to clear the house or trying to go in, and, and, and it's basically just him, and you, and you uh, see most of the film from his uh, uh, cam. And it was really, really good and effective. So, I just want to throw that out there because I watched that one and this one, um, pretty much around the same time, and liked them both. So, nice. Yep. By the way, who who, who could ever live in the funeral home? I, I'm sorry. I just I don't think I could do that.
2: <laughs> I would do it.
0: You would? I don't. Yeah. Think I you know. Uh, it
2: would be fun. I don't
0: know. all right you're up jessica
2: all right next i'm bringing up the swarm uh french film that's on netflix uh from this year
0: and it's about yet seen it
2: you have seen it or you haven't
0: i've not yet seen it (laughs) on the list
2: i actually really really liked it um have heard
0: good things about it
2: yeah it was definitely like better than i expected it to be just from the premise uh but it's about a single mom living out on uh, her locust farm with her two kids. And um, we kind of find out that like her husband recently passed away and they had other, you know, farms and animals and things of that nature. But uh, her funds are kind of dwindling because I guess uh, the locust business isn't very lucrative. And um,
1: (laughs) What is a locust farm?
2: (laughs) So what she does, yeah, what she does is um, you can make like a protein powder out of locusts. And they're supposed okay. to be super packed with protein.
1: So you um, want a plague of locusts on your farm for this yeah. business.
0: Delicious. Okay.
2: She has like these giant kind of greenhouse looking structures that she keeps them in. Um, but her locusts aren't doing that great and her business is doing even worse. Um, but then she kind of discovers like a secret method that makes the locusts thrive a lot better, multiply a lot more. Um, She starts selling a lot more locusts for her protein powder, but it's at a really great cost to her and her family. Um, It's really brutal and it's very dark, like what she's willing to do um, Mm. (laughs) to take care of her locusts. And it sounds so dumb because it's just a bunch of locusts, but they do all these close-up shots on them and they're very menacing (laughs) Mm
3: -hmm. and
2: it's nice that they're using like actual locusts instead of cgi locusts um but yeah it's just like some of the concepts explored are kind of ideas that you wouldn't expect from this kind of a movie where it's a you know bug swarm movie it's Mm -hmm. pretty messed up though it's like very it's not a very feel-good movie for sure um but i thought Mm -hmm. it was super cool. There's some like body horror stuff that is very good. Um, so I recommend it. Um it looks to me like
0: it's like a like a character driven movie very you know, much so. w- w- with with some locusts thrown in. Which, yeah, well, which, and
3: the,
2: which
0: interests me a lot. I like that.
2: Yes. The main character, um, I hope I pronounce this actress's name right, is uh Suleyane Brahim, Um, i probably pronounced it wrong, but anyways, she's Mm -hmm. in the show that's also on Netflix called Black Spot, that's, like, this really cool, like, kind of dark, mysterious, small town, mystery, horror, fantasy kind of show, and so, like, as soon as I put on the movie, I was like, oh, cool, it's her, Um, because I think she's a really good actress, Um, and she always... (laughs) seems to get these uh complex dark parts um that she's really good at at portraying so I would recommend it
0: <laughs> if you're yeah.
2: cool with uh bug swarm movies
0: yeah I'm gonna have to watch it this week it's it's I, I try to put my um to watch movies like in in tiers <laughs> like this this is this is uh, uh tier one this is what I want to watch the most this week and yeah uh, it's probably that's been on there. So I know I need to watch it.
2: Yeah. I was going to say it's a slight trigger warning for vegans. Um, it doesn't appear to be very vegan friendly. Oh boy! <laughs> I don't know if the locusts are actually harmed, <laughs> but it looks like they are. So, and I couldn't find anything on it. So I just wanted to throw that out there.
1: I like how we have vegan
0: trigger warnings now. <laughs>
2: yeah. Well, to be honest, guys. It's so I specific. Want, I didn't want to eat, but I'm vegan. So.
0: Do they eat I, a cow? I, I, well,
2: I'm not going to tell you. Oh,
3: dang on. I'm going to see them strip <laughs> a cow. <laughs> right. no, just
0: kidding. Yeah. All right. Up to me again. And we'll talk about the third movie that I watched in theaters, and that is Don't Breathe 2. And Jessica, you saw this as well?
2: No, I meant to see it, oh. but I got super busy these last couple weeks. So I haven't gotten to see that or the night house. Like I planned
0: Jessica, there's nothing more important than <laughs> to the theater. I did see <laughs>
3: Candyman.
0: You did. You did. You did. <laughs> all right. Don't, don't breathe too. First of all, I really like don't breathe the original,
3: mm-hmm.
0: um, for lots of different reasons. Uh, it, it was a, a well shot, well acted film. I really like, uh, all the acting in there i like uh the little twist you know turkey baster uh, <laughs> twist it was it was kind of horrific or whatever so when they announced don't breathe too i was like okay well this is a and a definite cash grab <laughs> because how are you gonna uh make this any different I, I don't know how are you going to continue this mm-hmm. so um, Fetty Alvarez does not direct this one, although he, uh, does help with the writing of it. And it is set in the years following the, uh, events of the first one. Uh, his name is Norman Nordstrom. That is not a joke. Uh, that's Stephen Lang's real name, uh, in this movie, uh, Norman Nordstrom he lives in quiet solace until his past sins catch up to him. Uh, basically what you have is, is the roles are, are reversed now. And he is, he's, he's not kind of, he is the antagonist. Um, I'm sorry, the protagonist, the
2: protagonist, yeah.
0: protagonist of the film. Um, he's kind of like the hero or supposed to be. And what is difficult is, is after watching the first one is rooting for, for the guy, now, <laughs> I know horrible things, you know, were done to him and the first one that drove him to do what he did. And so there's some sympathy there maybe. Um, but, um, this one, he, he, uh, again, I'm not gonna, and I can't spoil it, but he's living with this little girl. Okay. Sounds weird. But, uh, she calls him father and he's raising this girl. Um, you know, and, and teaching her how to survive and teaching her all these things. And, and, um, you don't really know why or where this girl comes from until near the end. Um, but that's, that's the whole thing is they, uh, he has to, uh, protect her because this, this gang of basically drug addicts, uh, break into the house and take her. So he has to, Number one, he has to find where she went and then get her back, you know. So, I would call this movie a very good action, like, thriller. Like, I don't consider this necessarily a horror movie.
3: Mm. Uh,
0: The first one was more of a horror movie. Okay. With this one, I kind of feel like we go into... um, I I hate saying this because it sounds... It's like Rambo mode, <laughs> you know, I'd, where he's kind of like, um, I don't Just like know. A gritty I, action movie now.
2: Him on steroids.
0: <laughs> it's, it's still very good. It's, it's good. It's, it's well shot. It's well acted. There's some good gore, um, some good like fight sequences. Uh, but like, I, you know, I'm not sure there's like a lot of tension like the first one had. You know? Yeah. Um, I still I still recommend seeing it. I think a different wait.
2: kind of movie.
0: Yeah. I, I think so. I think so. Um and and, and and it is hard for you to see this guy in a a positive light, you know, as a as a protagonist, as a as a hero of the movie.
2: Yeah. So Well, do you think yeah. they were successful? in doing that and making you feel that way? Or are you just like, nah, I remember what
0: you I, did. <laughs> I did remember what he did. And it's not necessarily that he was somebody I was rooting for, but the people he had to save this girl from were such pieces of crap mm-hmm. that it was like, okay, well I'd rather him when, when you figure out what they're going to do to this girl. Uh, yeah, you definitely want him to come through and save her or whatever. But yeah, uh, yeah, I I, I wasn't like cheering like yes, right. turkey baster guy go. You know, <laughs> um, this but it's still politics. still a good movie.
2: Picking the lesser of two evils.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, still <laughs> still, still a good movie. So uh, I would I would recommend watching it. Just temper your expectations and and know that you're not getting. The original don't breathe movie you're getting you know a, a different type of movie but still good still good so there you go don't breathe too what do you got van anything else
1: yeah well i mean since you brought up Stephen lang i did watch the seventh day mm-hmm. um oh boy yeah this an american film written and directed by justin p lang uh we got like this like a rookie Exorcist out patrolling with a renegade veteran Exorcist. Uh, it, it sounds like yeah, it sounds like training day with Exorcist priests only just really crappier than that premise sounds. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, this is a movie that has some slick production but man this I thought the script was awful uh. um, and it completely wastes the talents of Guy Pierce and Stephen Lang. Uh, and Stephen Lang is he is like unrecognizable in this movie as like this kindly archbishop um you'd have no idea that he was like a ripped killer underneath there uh <laughs> and it, one of the problem is that the the main character of this rookie priest who's along the ropes he is so incredibly dull um I, I don't know if it was just the writing or the acting or what but man uh it, it was like watching paint dry seeing um this performance um and there's a lot of weird choices in this movie that just didn't make any sense uh like <laughs> okay minor spoiler like when when the this veteran exorcist is taking the rookie out um he wants to he he wants to show him that these demons can be found in those unexpected places so what they end up doing they end up going to like underneath a bridge basically where there's all these this homeless population and uh of course the rookie priest thinks that it's like this homeless guy that's like jabbering or something like that he thinks he's possessed um it, it ends up being that the person that's possessed is the woman who's volunteering to help feed everybody. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I, I know, that, like, I see what they're trying to show, but it, it brings up way too many questions, <laughs> you know, in scenarios. Because I just imagine this woman waking up from the exorcism and thinking, like, what the hell am I doing helping the homeless? You know, and then she goes back to being like a slumlord, you know, like, like, what is this demon's game uh, if what she's compelled to do when she's possessed is to go feed homeless people. Um, <laughs> right. Like she's not like, the way she wasn't acting maliciously at all. <laughs> and at first I thought, okay, this could be interesting if they're like going the angle, like maybe not all the demons are wicked and that maybe yeah. the church has been like brutalizing good Samaritans <laughs> this whole time. <laughs> uh, but no, that's not really where they were going with this. Um, you know, it, it's, there's like a, oh, I'm sorry, I'm going to get a little bit spoilery just because there's, I don't i don't recommend anybody see this film i, I always come out and say that uh <laughs> like the mentor priest then uh takes the rookie to the a murder house and he tells him to go inside the house which has been closed off because it's like a crime scene right uh and it's a place where this boy murdered his family and he says just open yourself up to evil like whatever that means i don't know what exactly that means uh but what ends up happening is that the priest goes in there and this somehow allows the priest to not only see a reenactment of the murder but also the things that happened prior to the murder and i don't know if this is like some sort of special priest power that is never heard about in church or you know how he's able to do this they don't explain it at all um you know then they go to like a skating rink where these kids are playing arcade games like it's 1983 but it's supposed to be present day um they use like a Ouija board and the demon actually spells out evil. (laughs) Uh, And it's just like, that's pretty on the nose. Um, Yeah. You know, like I, I'm like an amateur writer, you know, so I don't consider myself an expert in any way, but one of the best pieces of writing advice I ever heard was that villains are heroes of their own story,
0: you Mm -hmm. know,
1: and they're most compelling when they're written that way. Um, Mm -hmm. So when you just have demons, just writing evil on Ouija boards, that's not doing it. You know, it's yeah. not actually creepier. Good, um, yeah. We just kind of keep, you know, we keep hearing in the movie that the demons are evil, but you know, but then again, we see them mean? provide essential needs to homeless populations. So I don't know exactly what evil is in this movie. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, th- this this movie was awful. Uh, it it made it made the unholy look like a decent movie by comparison. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I, sorry. Hey, I, this was just absolutely terrible. One of one of the worst I've seen so far this year, I got to say, and this will probably work for some people, but not for me.
0: Yeah. This was one that I heard about. Uh, It it came out, I think it came out in like March or April. And I heard about it just like a month before. And I was like, why is this not getting any buzz? It's a, it's It's a guy Pierce, man, guy Pierce and, and Steve and I, I mean, we're talking about, dude, we're talking about brimstone here. Yeah guy pierce i was like this is this is right up my alley i love possession films and i love guy pierce there is no way this is going wrong and um i was extremely (laughs) underwhelmed when i watched it i wanted to like it uh more than i did i'm gonna give it another go um just to see because i forgot that that's that is a bad thing when you just forget Mm -hmm. all about it Uh, Yeah. yeah
1: Uh, but it's site. on
0: Netflix now. I'll give another go, but I, I do believe there there are some um, some decent parts of the movie. But for the for the most part, I agree with Ben. It, it's it was it was a very uh, disappointing. Yeah. So. <laughs> All right, back to you, Jessica.
2: Yeah, well, since you brought up the unholy briefly, um, I'll talk about that one because I gave it a watch finally, as I said that I would, because you had said that this was produced by Sam Raimi. Is that right, Mark?
0: I think he's got something to do with it.
2: Yeah, and so I don't really see why or how he really wanted to get involved in this project Um, But I did think that it was going to be much worse than it was based on your guys's reviews. Mm -hmm. I actually thought it was okay because there were some interesting concepts and there are some good actors. Like I was happy to see William Sadler and I'm I'm kind of like you with uh, on Carrie Elwes. Like I really loved him when he was uh, younger and the roles that he played. But the last few years, I'm like, what is this guy? I feel like his acting is getting worse and worse. The so accent that he's
0: trying kind to of pull off in that movie is just unreal. It's <laughs> very I don't think I don't think he's ever really been any good in anything except for The Princess Bride. <laughs> and that and that's because that movie, he's supposed to be over the top.
2: Yeah. You and know. um, Twister. I like him in Twister.
0: <laughs> See, I didn't even know that he was in Twister. Uh, um, all I remember is uh, Helen Hunt. I don't know who else was in that movie.
2: Uh, Bill Paxton. There's all kinds of people yeah. in that movie, actually.
0: Yeah. Even in Saul, he is so over the top in that movie. Yeah.
2: yeah. That was probably the last movie I was like, he's okay. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> Even when God he was stranger
2: him. things, I was like, this is bad. Yeah.
0: Um,
2: but anyways, um, I thought Jeffrey Dean Morgan was okay. I know you weren't super impressed with his performance, but I did kind of like some of his character development at least. Um mm-hmm. and I really liked the girl that played Alice. Her name's yeah. Cricket Brown. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
2: That's an unfortunate no. name, but mm-hmm. um, I thought
0: she was one of the um, the highlights.
2: Yeah, I really did like her acting, actually. But um, just for people who haven't heard or seen this yet, it's uh, a hearing impaired girl is visited by the Virgin Mary and can suddenly hear, speak, and heal the sick. As people flock to witness her miracles, terrifying events of unfold. Are they the work of the Virgin Mary or something more uh, sinister? And unfortunately, the villain is not super impressive, um, like, as far as how they look. Like, the idea mm-hmm. in itself is fine, um, but it could have been a lot creepier. Um, they could have done something cool with that, especially with, like, the the mask that they um, nail onto her face and everything. Yeah. Um, I thought it could have been a lot cooler as far as... Like effects go but that didn't really turn out that great but there's some elements of the story that I didn't completely hate and a lot of it is really paint by numbers like you had mentioned before
3: mm-hmm.
2: um but yeah like I said I kind of like the character development of Jeffrey Dean Morgan's character which you know could have a lot to do with the fact that if he kind of set everything in motion you know so it makes sense that he would feel yep. guilt and try to, like, become a better person and be helpful in this scenario. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. he's not responsible for the deaths of many. Um, So I felt like that that was was reasonable for his character to go through, and I enjoyed that part of it. And like I said, I really liked uh, the main girl, Alice. And um, I like the idea of her being super into her faith and being uh, betrayed by it, essentially, and, you know, the lengths that she goes to because she thinks she's doing the right thing. And it turns out that she's being manipulated. Those kinds mm. of elements were things that I enjoyed. Um, overall, it's n- nobody really needs to see this. Um, I thought it was okay for a one-time watch. And I rated it like slightly above average. But um,
0: it's yep. a <laughs> Don't, don't rush! Don't rush out to to
1: see it. Yeah, there are interesting ideas on paper here, right? But I think the execution is just, uh, yeah, it's, it, it's all over the place. Uh, well, think, overuse think they, of CGI and yeah. just like completely unnecessary kind of jump scares they try and throw out that don't really make much sense within the context of the movie half the time. I don't know. It, yeah. it was.
0: I think they wasted Jeffrey Dean Morgan because I think he's a he's a really good actor, and they yeah. didn't give him enough. Enough meat to chew on, I think, but
2: yeah, anyway. and I like the idea of the what are they called the cairn babies,
0: mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> those little dolls. I thought that that was a you know something that could have been really cool and creepy to play yeah. with. Um, but yeah, like you said, there's some cool ideas on paper, but it's not executed very well.
0: Yeah. All right, back to me, right? Yes,
2: nope, mm-hmm. yes, just kidding, nope. it is. Yes,
0: no, yeah, okay. <laughs> All right, I uh, watched a film that I've been anticipating for a little while. Uh, just dropped on Netflix not too long ago, and it's called The Old Ways. Anybody seen it yet?
3: Mm-mm. No.
0: All right. Number one, one of the coolest uh, poster arts of of the year. Really cool, uh, cartoony uh, type thing. Reminds me a little bit of the, the Evil Dead type. Just kind of a, just just look at it. It looks pretty cool. Um, this is a uh, a film that I, I'm i assuming was, I'm looking here, if it was a United States, country of origin is United States, uh, but there's a lot of Mexican uh, influence in here as well. Uh, the, the writer of the screenplay is Marcos Gabriel. So Christina, a journalist of Mexican origin, travels to her ancestral home in Veracruz, to investigate a story of sorcery and healing. There, she is kidnapped by a group of locals who claim she's the devil incarnated. Uh, we just see at the very beginning, we see like this, uh, this little scene that I won't spoil uh, of this girl as a young girl and something that happens to her. Then credits roll. And then we go right into the fact that she's been kidnapped we see the first scene is her with a bag over her head. Uh, and he comes out that, you know, she's, um, in, in Veracruz to investigate going in all these caves and all this stuff that's happening. And she's a reporter and a photographer and she gets kidnapped because, uh, they think that she has a demon in her and it just goes on as, as wh- where she, uh, has to go through all these, I guess you would, the, the, basically the old ways. Uh, this old lady comes in who is an expert in the old ways and they do all these rituals, these exorcism rituals and and all of that. And she doesn't even, doesn't even um, think she's possessed, but and it makes you think uh, along the way, is she really possessed? Uh, and maybe somebody else might be uh, in the room, might be possessed instead. It It was very, different um it was it was interesting but let me tell you what this was a fun movie especially uh at about the halfway point uh because there's some good creature design here and the creature design is by a guy named Keith Thompson and isn't that the guy that um directed the movie um the vigil no let
1: me see that sounds familiar. I just want to make sure.
0: Yeah, Keith Thomas. Keith Thomas. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Keith Thompson, I think, is this guy who did all the creature effects. The creature effects are great. They're practical. There's lots of practical effects. Um, there's some good exorcism-type scenes. This one, I, w- I would hardly recommend. I enjoyed this one uh, a lot, especially for something that's just on Netflix um, it's called the old ways and and I thought all the acting was good uh, yeah, so watch it watch it I think yeah. you'll uh I think you won't be disappointed if you like you know possession type films supernatural type films. This just looks like a poster that I would want by the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> did, did anyone look it up?
2: Yeah I like it
0: yeah I've never seen it a while ago Peak mandras yeah, it piqued my interest. yeah. It, it, it's it's a pretty good film. Pretty good film. That it, like, it,
2: um, that base that basic like concept of the story kind of reminds me of Empedagore, actually.
0: Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Uh, th- this is not as, I guess, as deep a film as Empedagore.
3: Mm. And there's
0: a lot of layers to yeah. Uh This is just kind of a uh, a, a pretty. It's really a two uh, character film there, there's a there's a few characters to come in and out but two 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 ladies uh carry the movie and they number one they're both like incredibly gorgeous uh and then they're also pretty good actors actresses so i would uh, i would recommend it it's free nice. come on if you have netflix it's free just watch <laughs> <It's> it free <laughs> i think you'll enjoy it so uh, the cool. old ways.
3: i'll give it a watch mm-hmm.
0: All right, how many more you got, Vin? Uh, see I took notes on two more. okay Do we wanna right. wrap it up for the final round. Let's just go around t- twice more
1: all right uh, like so the next one I'll talk about is the banishing mm. um and yeah, so this is a a period horror film uh you know supernatural horror set in the late nineteen thirties. Um, British film directed by Christopher Smith, uh, who wrote and directed Triangle 2009, yeah. which is one that I really like. Uh, it's one of my favorites of that the late aughts. Um, and uh, he also directed, uh, he didn't write it, but he directed Black Death, which I also enjoyed overall. Yeah. Sean um, Bean. Yeah, <laughs> dying again, right? <laughs> um, and so I was really hoping that this would be like a film that was kind of, that felt tailor made for me. Um, but it, it it does fall pretty short, unfortunately. Piss Um, me the heck off. Yeah. It's, it looks good. Uh, the cast does a good job, especially the female lead. Um, Brown Finley. Yeah. But this is really just, it's more of just a subpar historical drama with some horror. Uh, the horror we get is highly, highly cliched. Um, it doesn't really do anything to add to the story and it kind of makes the story more convoluted than it has to be uh and a lot of it hinges on the main character uh who so we we have this this vicar move into this mansion uh basically with his new wife uh and their daughter um and you know she's young and beautiful and we end up finding that uh her her child was born out of wedlock and a lot of what's going on kind of hinges on her character's guilt about this and it just ends up being a very weak plot detail um that they try to make the crux of the situation and they also throw in like some kind of like nazi fascist subplot that i'm not really sure why it existed or where it was going um honestly the story didn't make a big impression on me Uh, I had to go back to Wikipedia and read the synopsis (laughs) to remember what actually happened in the film. Um, That's how forgettable it was. And it was just like a few weeks later. I had forgotten most of the movie. Uh, So, you know, and you also have this kind of situation where I, I wasn't convinced that this kind of like wet blanket vicar who thinks that physical intimacy is sinful would manage to marry like this beautiful young woman who keeps wanting to be affectionate with him. Uh, like <laughs> nothing in this movie really worked. Um, unfortunately, cause I really wanted to like this movie. Uh, you know, like I said, it, it seems like the kind of movie that I would just really love by a filmmaker who has already impressed me once. Um, but yeah, and, I, and I, I it, think Mark had the same thing,
0: you know, <laughs> the shutter, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah so so was my it was shutter. like, it, it had everything going for it. Yeah. And it was like just thought it was boring.
2: Yeah, oh, it's a dull that's movie. That's a bummer. I've seen Even it as like a historical
0: Carter. drama it's dull.
2: Yeah. yeah. I've been like wanting to watch it just cuz I think it looks interesting and I like the time period,
1: mm-hmm. but I haven't
2: really heard anything about it and so because yeah. other things keep coming out I have kept putting it off and now it kind of sounds like maybe I shouldn't even waste my well, time.
0: You, look, you had you, you heard really me a period it. piece.
2: Yeah. <laughs> you, you
0: had me at, you know, uh, Haunted House. Yep. You had yeah. me at Jessica Brown Finley because <laughs> I'm a big Downton Abbey fan and she was Sybil on there, but she's a great actress and not really uh hard to look at. And I'm telling you, if you have those three things in your corner, oh, and it drops on shutter. So usually yeah. Shudder does a pretty good job of curating and saying what you know, this is good. All, all four of those things didn't didn't help it <laughs> like yeah i it was it's one of the most disappointing films of the year to me so. yeah no, i agree i was very disappointed in the whole thing yeah see, that's the thing is like something like the seventh uh day which i found out about like two or three weeks before it dropped and i was like ooh ooh ooh, guy pierce guy pierce and then it stunk i'm like okay well i only found out about it like two weeks yeah. ago um <laughs> Vanishing, I've been hearing about for a year. I think it did the festival circuit, didn't it? Yeah. And, and, and dropping on Shudder. And then I was like, what? What is this? So mm-hmm. anyway, crazy.
3: Dang. Yep. Dummer.
0: All right. Back up to you, Jessica.
2: Yeah. Um. So I watched Sun uh, from this year on Shudder because uh, mm-hmm. Tammy really liked it. And so I was interested um, because of the comments that she made. And it's about um, a young boy that contracts a mysterious illness and his mother has to decide how far she'll go to protect him from terrifying forces in her past. Um, I thought that there were some really cool ideas here Um, and some there was a lot of uh, really basic and original things that we've seen before. But there were also some ideas that we haven't really seen before So it wasn't, um, you know, a complete waste of time. I definitely didn't enjoy it as much as Tammy did, but I thought it was cool. It was above average for me. Um, Mm -hmm. I really liked Andy Matichak. Is that how you say her name?
0: Yeah, Matichak.
2: And I know she's in Halloween and she's starting to appear in more stuff recently. Um, Mm -hmm. I thought her performance was really good. Uh, Her son's performance was kind of whatever, but I did kind of like the role that he played. And um, it is actually a really small cast. That's usually something that I really like, as long as the acting is really good. And it was kind of, as some of it really pulled me out. Like there's a, a childhood friend that appears in the movie of the main character and his mm-hmm. acting was so over the top that I really got pulled out during his scenes. Um, but overall I thought the acting was okay. And I was excited to see Emil Hirsch um, because he is someone that I really liked um earlier in his career i really liked a lot of the indie stuff that he did Mm -hmm. um when i was a teenager and um he he doesn't seem all that impressive at first but i like where what they do with his character um and it's something that's different for him i think um so there were definitely cool elements to the movie there's some really gory gross scenes um that were very good so (laughs) i definitely would recommend it just for that if you're into that kind of stuff um like me (laughs) um but yeah i mean some of it was kind of flat but there are some cool ideas overall Mm -hmm. so yeah i I remember
0: liking it i remember liking it quite a bit but again it's one of those that uh i'm gonna have to uh definitely watch again Mm
3: -hmm. before
0: i do my ranking because i I don't remember a ton about it. Yeah. Well,
1: this is actually the other film that I had notes about.
0: (laughs) All right. (laughs) I might as well just
1: piggyback, you know, off of you just getting, I I think I'm mostly in agreement. Um, I also checked it out after Tammy raved about it. Um, Yeah. And this director, Ivan Kavanaugh, like he made the canal, which I thought was an interesting movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is an Irish American co-production. Right. Um, And uh, yeah, it's, my biggest problem is that I found it very predictable.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: it's It's very reminiscent of both Rosemary's baby and the omen. Uh, they They basically recreate a whole pivotal scene from the omen in it. Um, and you know when you show you see certain characters show up, you immediately know their fate. Uh, like there's this abusive pimp. That for some reason like lives in a motel <laughs> next to her motel room. I don't know. No. I, I don't usually think they live in those motels. But um, you know exactly what's going to happen to that guy. Yeah. Uh, and I was also really confused by some of the production choices. Like for the first half of the movie, I thought I was watching like a na- late 90s period piece. Like she has an older car. The kid has an old TV in his room and she uses corded phones in the first half. And mm-hmm. then like in the second half of the movie, all of a sudden a cell phone shows up and I'm like, holy crap, are we in modern day? Like yeah. I had no idea, you know, um, oh, I right. remember I, I watched it, it with that. my wife and I'm like, when is this movie taking place? Um, but yeah, it, it was kind of predictable. You know, that, that was my biggest problem is that I, I, I you know, it, it's, it doesn't have enough of its own voice. I thought, yeah.
2: Um, that's a but, good way to int- it, I
1: think. You know, yeah, some good gore, some interesting scenes, but yeah, uh, I, I didn't. I, I think that uh, Tammy in her comments said that she kind of connected with certain aspects of the story, and I, mm-hmm. I just didn't necessarily.
2: Right. Yeah. And I get, I totally understand her feeling compelled by like the mom having to make some hard choices. And
1: mm-hmm.
2: that's kind of one of those things, like uh, with Rosemary's baby, too, right? Where she like gives birth to. the yeah well i think everyone adrian yeah yeah Yeah. Uh, (laughs) but you know in the end it's like but it's my baby (laughs) so i i get what what was compelling about it for her but i just felt like it wasn't uh and it's like what you said it didn't have its own voice enough for it to be compelling enough like with just that concept on its own
0: Mm -hmm. yeah Right So back to me right mm-hmm. Well yeah. let's do this Do you have one more Um Jessica
2: Um yeah well I've seen a bunch Of stuff so
0: we'll just finish out since Vin Doesn't have another one just finish out And whatever you want to talk about Talk about and then I'll okay, do the same cool. yeah, And the we'll only go. other thing that I watched was
1: Jaws with my son We've already talked about that on this show, so.
0: Jaws. Is- <laughs> One of the best films ever made. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep.
2: Love it. Yeah. I can just kind of run through quickly of the stuff I saw. Um, let's see here. I saw, this isn't necessarily horror, but I saw the suicide squad and there is, it's very dark and violent and gory. And so that's why I've noted it here. And mm-hmm. it is, it is kind of like a giant monster kaiju. <laughs> um. <laughs> In a way, uh, which was very fun. I think it's a really fun movie, and I think it's definitely better than the other Suicide Squad that came out a few years ago. Um, definitely think everyone should check it out. It's like
0: Is this supposed to be a sequel to that?
2: No, it's supposed to be like a whole different thing, but you know, there's so many different characters that are in the Suicide Squad, so they kept Harley Quinn, but I think For the most part, um, James Gunn decided to go with other characters that are, like, less known.
1: um, I'm not caught up at all with, like, the DC universe, cinematically. Do Mm -hmm. do these movies take place in the same universe? Or are they, like, not... Like, is it the same Harley Quinn between those two movies?
2: (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Okay. Yeah. I think it is supposed to be like in the same universe, like under a DC banner, just like what they've kind of done with Marvel. Um, okay. But it's like very, very balls to the wall because <laughs> they let James Gunn do whatever he wanted. And it's just like crazy. It's fun. Okay. It's not like the best thing I've ever seen, but definitely out of the DC movies, it's probably the best one, to be honest. Um, I think it's definitely worth a watch. Oh, like some of the, the, gore and the death is just like so violent and so brutal. Um definitely not like one that you go to take your kids to see like this is a superhero movie. Yeah. You know, these are super villains <laughs> and, and that are trying to like kind of be redeemed um but more for shallow reasons. <laughs>
3: mm-hmm.
2: So, but it's a lot of fun. Um I watched After Midnight which is on Shudder. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that, I can't remember if that came out this year or last year. I feel like it came out in 2020. Yeah, it was Um, last year. And it's more of a drama than horror.
0: Really the horror. Relationship drama.
2: Definitely. Mm -hmm. Very relationship drama. Um, but I actually really liked it. And it's Mm -hmm. just, it's this dude living in his house by himself. His, uh, girlfriend of like eight years or something. They've been together for a really long time. She just kind of like takes off. Uh, She's just kind of over his crap and takes off. And it's just like him kind of dealing with himself and, you know, like, where did I go wrong? What should I have done? And being all like sad and pathetic and feeling bad for himself, basically. Um, But there are some like really cool horror elements to it. It's mostly metaphorical, but without ruining anything, there is something that is it metaphorical that actually happens in the movie after you feel like you've been set up, like this is all just a metaphor. Um, and I really appreciated that part of it. Um, and it all happens in the end. So I think the ending for it made, or the ending for me made it really a fun watch. Um, and I kind of like some of that, that drama stuff sometimes, you know, if it's filmed well,
0: it's a good film. I think it's the same people, same directors that uh, did the battery. If you've ever seen that If you liked this one, watch the battery It's two guys In the zombie apocalypse But it's a relationship drama And I believe this is the um, This was the favorite film of the year For Scott Crawford over at Friday Nightmares
2: Oh, I I know he loves Like relationship drama stuff
0: in general (laughs) Yeah It's definitely definitely well made And the creature is actually pretty Pretty interesting
2: Oh yeah, I really like the creature design Um Mm -hmm. And I'm so, I love monsters, so if you yeah. do cool creature design, there's a cool monster, I'm probably going to like it at least a little bit, because um, that's kind of what drew me into horror as a child to begin with, so um, yeah, I don't think it's for everyone, you know, it's definitely kind of slow, but I bought into the characters um, and the small town feel and everything, so I liked it, and I wasn't... Yeah, and I
1: enjoyed that one, too, so it's, it's definitely worth checking out.
2: Yeah. I didn't I had no idea what it was or what I was getting into. I just saw the creature on the poster and I was like, ooh, monster. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I did check out the boy behind the door, which Mark had brought up previously. Um, that one's from this year and it's on shutter. It's pretty dark. Um just tough,
0: a tough watch. <laughs>
2: yeah, it's a tough watch. Um, although I do have to say there's one actress in it. That's from uh, True Blood, and because they didn't use someone who's more unknown, it did kind of pull me out of it a little bit. I feel like if they would have used somebody that was, like, an unknown actor, it probably would have been to the benefit of, like, the terror of the movie. Because all of a sudden, I kind of felt like, oh, this is someone who's acting, Um, Mm -hmm. where up until that point, I didn't feel that way. Um, (gasps) But it is a very... (laughs) I'm so sorry my puppy's
3: barking
2: <laughs> uh it's very dark it's um a boy named Bobby and his best friend Kevin they're kidnapped and taken to a strange house in the middle of nowhere they're like a, they were about to go to their baseball game um and Bobby manages to escape but when he's going to make a break for it he hears his best friend screaming and realizes he can't just leave him behind so the movie's uh this very very harrowing story of Bobby trying to rescue his best friend and you know, the beginning is all these really sweet shots of them talking about moving to California together and stuff like they're teenagers or grownups or something. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's hard to watch. I think that I think it's pretty dark and that it could be really hard for certain people to watch. I don't want to ruin anything. So I don't want to go into it too much, yeah. but I, I think it's definitely worth a watch. Um, and I'm glad that you had recommended it. Yeah. It's got some uh real life horror in there. Yeah. Which isn't always my my bag <laughs> cuz I kind of like the escapism of horror, you know, but
3: mm-hmm. that's
2: when you really that's when you really fear for your life, you know, when you're watching those kinds of movies.
0: Yep.
2: Um I did watch Seance, which you brought up earlier. You said you like that one a lot, Mark.
0: I did. I liked it. I mean, I'm not saying it's like one of my favorites, but yeah. uh, I think it was it was a good a, a good little film.
2: Yeah, I kept hearing half and half, you know, a lot of people saying it's just like kind of boring and overdone and nothing special about it. And then other people being like, actually, I thought it was pretty cool. So I was like, well, I'm going to watch it and see where I fall on there. Um, and so it's about this uh, group of girls that go to a boarding school, like an elite boarding school. And um, some of the friends are always messing around with some of their other friends that are, I guess, are lower on their totem pole of coolness. Um, and, you know, one of the friends dies suddenly. Um, and they think it's a result of um, some supernatural activity that's happening in the school. And so the story kind of unfolds of, is there a supernatural, you know, presence that's messing with them? And um, I've, I thought that a lot of it was just kind of basic and boring, but I definitely liked kind of like the, uh, I guess, the twist that's Mm -hmm. revealed at the end um, without giving away too much. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I don't want to give anything away, so I'm not going to say too much about it, but I think it's worth a watch and I think it's worth kind of um, figuring out where you fall Um, on that spectrum of like, is this just totally boring and basic and not worth it? Or is it actually cool because of these other elements that are, you know, original and cool and you weren't expecting. So,
3: um,
2: I'm glad that I watched it and, um, I didn't write down the actresses names or anything for this one, but I did like that one actress. That's like, is she Australian or something?
0: Suki, Suki Waterhouse. Oh yes, <laughs> I think she's like the only one that I really knew that had been in anything else. Like, I, I, there's not—it's not a star-studded cast. Yeah. But I think she's she was probably the most well-known.
2: Yeah, and I mean, some yeah. parts of it are a little over the top as far as the acting goes, but I yeah. I enjoyed her. Yep. Yeah. For, for the most part, um, I watched Come True. Um, yes. Which I believe came out this year. Yep. This was like totally up my alley. Um, yeah.
0: Very David I, Lynch, David Cronenberg. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like that. I like yeah that it is kind of
2: Lynchian, which is, you know, I love David Lynch. So mm-hmm. totally makes sense. Um, definitely have, don't want to give anything away about that. But just have,
0: have you seen this one yet, Van? No. Yeah, put that on your list, man. Come true.
2: I really like it. I don't know how horror it really is. Um, there are times when you, there's tension and you feel fear, but it's not very like straight up horror, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Um, it's more like drama thriller than horror, but, um, oh, I love the score a lot. I loved it so much. It totally, um, lent something to the movie. It wasn't just like a random score, you know, it was like perfect for the movie. Mm -hmm. Um, I love the ending so much. Um, And then just like a basic little summary for people, if they don't know about it's just that uh, this high school student, Sarah, she's um, having a lot of trouble sleeping and she keeps having recurring nightmares when she does fall asleep, you know, so she's not uh, particularly fond of sleeping and she, Uh, she goes into a uh, sleep study. She starts uh, helping out with the sleep study to kind of figure out what's going on. Um, And then everything just kind of unravels from there. But um, I really liked the acting and I really liked where it went. Um, I liked wondering the whole time, like what was going on. Um, I like that it did something that you weren't expecting, you know, when you kind of feel like you have everything figured out. So it was mm. uh it was very interesting. I don't know if it's like a an indie movie, but it has that kind of feel. Um, mm. but it it did seem also like well produced and everything. It looks great. Yep. So I like I agree. Sorry, I have like a handful of them. <laughs>
3: I'm, <sorry.
2: laughs> I'm, I'm just gonna try and going through them really quick. Um I saw Satanic Panic from last year. Um, This was one of the ones that I hadn't gotten around to, and I'm very, very upset now that I hadn't, because I think this probably is, like, in my top ten for 2020. Um,
3: It's it's totally,
2: yeah, it's so much fun. I think it's well-written, too, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. The humor's kind of up my alley and uh, is also pretty messed up. Oh, and the gore and the effects were very, very good. Um, so I definitely recommend that it's about a pizza delivery girl, um, <laughs> who goes to deliver a pizza at this, like a, a high end, um, neighborhood and doesn't get tipped and she feels ripped off. So she goes back to try and demand a tip and then, a uh, hell kind of <laughs> ensues after that.
3: Yeah.
2: Um, but it's so much fun. I really liked it. And I mean, some of the stuff is actually pretty heartfelt. Um, she kind of becomes friends With uh, somebody else who's having issues in the story. And I feel like that aspect of it was really nice. And that they kind of um, used it to flesh out her character. You know, a lot more than they needed to for the kind of movie that it was.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: Um, And I think it made it, you know, it gave it a depth that it didn't necessarily have to have. But that was, I appreciated it. Um, so that one's really good. I watched porno from last year. Um, (laughs) that one was also very fun. Um, I did feel like some of the pacing wasn't very good though. There was, uh, a part in the middle where, okay, I guess kind of between like the beginning and the middle where it's really meandering and it's like, come on, just get to the bit. I just want to get to like, what's going on. You're taking way too long for them to build up the tension in this, you know, comedy, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but it is really fun. It's about um, all these, like, sexually repressed teenagers that are working in a movie theater in, like, a, a very religious small town. Um, <laughs> and uh, the whole thing takes place in this movie theater, and there's some hidden secrets in the depths of this movie theater. But it's, it's really cool. I really like the movie that... Um, that's playing on the screen that like sets off all the events. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: Yeah. (laughs) I was like, I would watch that movie. That looks awesome.
3: Um,
2: (laughs) so, but that was really cool. Um, I watched, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of the pit. This is from 1981. So this is older
1: movie. Oh yeah. Heard of it, but I haven't seen it yet.
2: Yeah. So I, I recently watched that because one of the podcasts that I listened to was covering it and it is a very, very strange movie. In the way that I really love strange 80s movies. Um, I can't necessarily say that it's a good movie. And tonally it's all over the place. Uh, But there's something about it that I really enjoyed. Um, It does kind of go from like very dark and uncomfortable. To hilarious in like a slapstick kind of way. And um I just love both of those things, and for some reason it kind of works for me, even though it shouldn't, Uh, and it had a very good ending, so (laughs) I would recommend that to people if they haven't caught that before, a strange 80s movie called The Pit. Um, And then, I don't know, were you going to cover Superhost, Mark, on your next round? Because that's the last thing that I have.
0: Yeah, I'll cover that one.
2: Okay, so we can talk about that when you talk about it. And then just really quick for shows that I've seen, I saw Brand New Cherry Flavor on Netflix, I believe. Is Um, it worth it? So cool. I love it. I mean, I'm a huge, like, Katherine Keener fan. Mm -hmm. This is also kind of Lynchian in a way. Um, Not as, like, deep and weird. You know, it's a little more straightforward. But there's definitely some weirdo elements in it that I liked. And there's kind of like a modernized witchcraft element to it that was really cool there's a mythos that's super rich um and i just love all those things um i think the worst thing about it is the title
3: like (laughs) i don't
2: understand why it's called that um but i really liked i wish i wrote down her name um but the main actress in it i Mm -hmm. always think of her from the first season of american horror story she's um that nurse maria that, like it's,
0: it's uh, in that one Lily, episode. Lily Rob.
2: That sounds right,
0: Lily? but I'm not,
2: I'm not. Oh no no no! That's a different actress.
0: It's a different girl. Okay.
2: Yeah, I can't remember her name. She's been in a few things here and there, like she was in one of the Maze Runner movies and stuff. But um, I really really liked her. But Catherine Keener is the best aspect of it, um, and I'll watch anything that she's in to be honest. Um, I finished American Horror Stories, the anthology series. It's dumb. Um, <laughs> it's not the worst thing ever, but it's not you don't have to watch it. Um, I <laughs> got caught up on love, Death and Robots. Uh, anyone who likes animation and anthologies, I think you should really check it out. It's really cool. Um, let's see, got caught up on the Handmaid's Tale. Still love it, but I'm starting to get over the whole like June close-up shots of her face for five minutes thing, and her being super dramatic all the time. Um, but overall, I think where the story's headed is very interesting. And I finally watched Channel Zero. Um, I'm only in the second season right now, but I know a lot of people kind of raved about this. It's on a it's a Shutter series, right? Mm-hmm. Or I think it's like a. Is it like a site? It was on the sci-fi channel and shutter is also,
0: I don't know. They probably just picked it up.
2: Yeah. But that mm-hmm. one's really cool and interesting. Um, I would definitely recommend that for anyone who likes weird mystery horror stuff. Okay. And that's it. Sorry.
0: All right. The girl you're talking about on brand new cherry flavor is a uh, Rosa Salazar. That's, that's her name. it. Yep. She was also the, the girl. in what's that? What was that uh, sci fi film where she was like an AI?
2: Mm. Oh,
0: come on. I know you guys know that.
2: That doesn't even sound familiar to me. It sounds like something I should know about.
0: Here, I'm going to tell you because you Ex Machina, that sort of thing? Or? No, 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 no. Ex Machina, by the way, is awesome. But this is uh, <laughs> Alita Battle Angel.
2: Oh, oh. yeah. Have you ever looks seen that? Weird, so I didn't watch it.
0: <laughs> watch it. Oh, it's really, it's really good. Is it? It, it's fantastic. Yes. Alita Battle Angel. Yep.
2: Maybe I'll watch it then. Yep.
0: All right. Okay. I, you you were busy. You had a lot of stuff going on.
3: <laughs> yeah.
2: A lot, of,
0: a lot of stuff. But um, I've just got a few more things. Uh, I'll talk about uh, this real quick. It's called Aftermath. Um, I believe it's on Netflix. Stars Ashley Green um a lot of people won't just know her from uh twilight you know she was one of the vampires um this is a, 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 a i'm using air quotes here haunted house movie and uh i'm just gonna tell you there there was some creepy parts to it but it has a real made for tv feel and that's not always bad but it, it's it's a rip off and i, I don't want to I don't want to uh, tell you what movie it's a rip off of, uh, mm-hmm. because then it would spoil it if you wanted to watch it. But I've seen this uh, this trope or this thing that this movie is based around. I've seen it in much better movies. So um, watched a film called The Stairs, which uh, we had talked about being uh, uh, in theaters one night only. Uh, and it was one of those fathom events.
2: Yeah. You went and saw that?
0: No, no, I didn't go see that. It came out afterwards, uh, on VOD. It's horrible. (laughs) It's It's horrible. What? what, I don't even understand. (laughs) Why was that a fathom event? Mm -hmm. I don't get it. Don't watch that. (laughs) Um, I did go to the theaters to see one of the worst movies that I've seen over the last few years, oh, no. and that is Death Rider <laughs> and the House of Vampires. That is the <laughs> I am so looking forward to that movie. <laughs> it, it is not any better than Veronica. Oh, that can't be possible. It it's It's pretty bad, man. I mean, you got Danny Trejo in it.
2: Oh, you uh, gotta watch it just for that.
0: But just look man look glenn danzig or whatever i know you you had some good music back in the day you're not a filmmaker
2: oh it's that one
0: yes you're not you're not a filmmaker dude and i'm sorry but casting like porn stars as like like real actresses (laughs) like trying to get them to act stop it
2: (laughs) i did hear about this and i heard it was very bad
0: absolute terrible uh acting absolute terrible direction absolute terrible writing absolute terrible special effects what what why why do they keep placating this guy stop making movies glenn danzig stop (laughs) it (laughs) it's
2: not so bad it's good
0: no Mm. it's
3: not Uh,
0: (laughs) a super host off of uh is it shutter yeah yeah shutter just dropped on september 2nd uh superhost is uh, a film about these two i guess they're youtubers or they're they uh go around and they they basically kind of make fun of bed and breakfast or or uh, what airbnb um you know host you know people that that run um uh these um I guess, I guess they're just places you stay. What is, is there, am I missing something here? Air, Airbnb or bed and breakfast?
2: Right. It's something like, it, it sounds like they're going around to like different Airbnbs or whatever.
0: Yeah. And, and basically they're, they're, uh, on the way down Their their, uh, channel has kind of, um, I guess stalled and their views are down. So they're, they really wanted to do something to, to get views and the girls, especially really annoying with the views, like everything is about views mm-hmm. uh, for her. And um, they, <laughs> they, they have uh, done some things in the past that have caused uh, other uh, managers or owners of of bed Same and breakfast. House. Yes. <laughs> uh, uh, to lose business and, and to, you know, and one of those is Barbara Cramden. Which who makes an appearance, which is uh, pretty fun. I always like seeing her and something. but yeah. the, the one place that they go to, there's this, this woman, what was her name again? I uh, her Rebecca. Name. Rebecca. And she's, she's nuts. <laughs> she's <laughs> nuts. Uh, it's played. Uh, it's played straight, but there is some humor to it. She has got um, a really weird personality she kind of like she shows up in the morning when they're in bed and he comes down in his boxers and she's like, Oh, how you doing? She's making breakfast breakfast for him. Um, cause this is just a house she's renting. She lives off somewhere else. This is not, um, you know, her place to just come in and make breakfast for these people. She's just really weird. and there's cameras all over the place and, uh, all of that. And they think that she can hear, uh, everything that they're saying and and she's watching them and all that and and then it takes takes a turn um at about the 75% done mark and yeah um let's just say rebecca goes off the rails a little bit and there there's one really shocking uh stabbing mm-hmm. did you see that coming no but <laughs> there's a sh- there's a stab and I think it's it's CGI,
3: yeah.
2: but it's
0: so quick. Yeah, that, that, that you good. don't mind. It. It's it's a knife right through the face.
2: Yeah,
0: <laughs> right through the face, and uh, and there's a there's a nice uh, throat slit, and uh, it, it it it's uh, it was a decent little film. Um, it, it did take quite a way, a while to get where it was going. Yeah, uh, that's my only. Thing, but the last twenty five percent was enjoyable, and uh, you might want to watch it just for that. It it, uh, yeah, it w- it wasn't bad, but it wasn't like, you know, oh my gosh, it's dropped on Shutter. I've got to watch it.
2: Yeah,
0: it wasn't that kind of good.
2: I wanted to watch it right away because you know Barbara Crampton tweeted about it, and I was like, mm-hmm. Ooh, Barbara Crampton's in it. I'm gonna watch it. Um, and she was probably my favorite part of it, <laughs> just because yeah. I love. And her she's son. not
0: she's not in it for all that long.
2: No, she's not. Yeah. Uh, but her role is funny. And um yeah, I think it had some issues. Like the protagonists suck.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, did, I didn't I like didn't like either one of them. them.
2: Yeah. Um and they're not as they're not as bad as like only wanting likes. It was more, you know, of what's been trending lately of people trying to really make careers out of vlogging and, Mm -hmm. you know, discord and all those kinds of things. And so the reason why this girl is so upset about their, their um, viewership dropping is because she's trying to make a living out of it. And she's kind of put all her eggs in a basket and they're having to borrow money from her boyfriend's parents and stuff. And she just wants to be able to like, be able to sustain herself. Um, So I get, I get that, but like overall they're very weak. (laughs) <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. you just
2: kind of don't really they don't really put up much of a fight um and so therefore i just don't really care about them
0: yeah like, they didn't they hand. didn't put up much of a fight
2: yeah but i did yeah. actually like when you're not really sure what's going on i love all of those weird scenes with rebecca and you're trying to figure out like what's this girl's deal
0: oh, um, the, the part where the first part where they want her to um To be interviewed on camera.
2: Yes. Like she screams
0: just, just out of nowhere, just screams. I was like, okay, she is a straight up weirdo.
2: Yeah. I loved all of that stuff. But then once you understand what's going on and she kind of flips her switch even more,
0: Mm
3: -hmm. I, I
2: was like less interested then with, um, her acting and where it was going. Yeah. But like, you're right. All the gore stuff is really fun. The kills are fun. Um, but at the same time, I don't really care about the people. So I'm like, whatever.
0: Oh no. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> it's straight up just the gore or the fun of the kid. It's not, it's not because you care about any of the characters. You're just like, whatever. So yeah. Yeah. But I think it's right. nice to
2: watch.
0: Yeah. And the last one, last thing that I've been watching is I'm two, uh, two episodes in, uh, to the epics miniseries chapel Wait, which oh. is, um, again, based upon, that Stephen King, Jerusalem's lot type thing. Uh, in the 1850s, um, Captain Charles Boone relocates his family to his ancestral home in the small sleepy town of Preacher's Corners. Charles will soon have to confront the f- secret of his family's history and fight to end the darkness. And this is uh, a period piece. It, it's, it's right up my alley. The, Vin, this is up your alley too. Um, it stars Adrian Brody. Mm-hmm. Uh, stars Emily Hampshire, who I didn't even recognize. If you know uh, if you ever watch Shits Creek. Oh uh,
2: yeah, I watched that. Which one is she?
0: Yeah, she's the um um Oh my gosh. I can't remember her name now, but she's the she's the um the desk clerk at the hotel. Oh yeah, yeah. I forget her name. I
2: guess I didn't even know what her real name is. Yeah.
0: Uh, she's well, Stevie on Stevie, Stevie, yeah. that's it. Yeah. And I I did not recognize her. She plays uh, like a governess in, in this. And, and a, I mean, it's a period piece. So she's all got her hair up in a bun and she's yeah. got this. dress. I had no idea it was her until I looked on the screen.
2: That is crazy. Uh, Cause I feel like she's pretty recognizable.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, maybe I'm just not very observant. <laughs> maybe so. I don't no, know.
2: maybe we just did a really good job and her acting is mm-hmm.
0: good. <laughs> yep. So, yeah, definitely if you have epics, uh, watch this. It, it is, uh, it's right up my alley. And if you, uh, if you like, you know, creepy houses and period pieces and vampires and, uh, crazy stuff like that, you'll, you'll enjoy it. You'll enjoy it. It sounds so, good. Yeah. Yeah. It's really good. And I'm, I'm not sure how many episodes let me look here. I think it's supposed to be 10 episodes. And right now we're on episode one, two, three, four, five. Uh, yeah, only two episodes have um, aired, and then September twelfth, the third episode comes out. I think, I think something like that. So watch it. All right,
2: that was I'm the one that you've been like um, waiting for, right?
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, it it uh, it's definitely been worth the wait so far. I enjoy these kind of films or kind of I like long series. Mm-hmm. Like It's just it's my jam. Nice. So. All right. Well, that's it. We covered a lot of a lot of stuff. So, yeah. So, go ahead and give our our uh handles, our shout-outs there. Uh Reverend and Vin, where can people find you on the Interwebs?
1: On Facebook, I'm Ben Horrorcast. Uh, the blog is www.therevenantreview.com. And on YouTube, I am Revenant Reads.
0: All right. How about you there, Jessica?
2: On Facebook, I am Jessica Schmidt. Uh, Letterboxd, I am Ashy underscore slashy. On Twitter, I am at Amateur Destroya. And on Instagram, I'm Amateur underscore Destroyer underscore.
0: All right. Well, if you're old school and want to email us, do so at horrorcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at The Hcast and The HorrorCast on Instagram. And on, uh, oh my gosh. Why do I always forget this one? What's the little video thing?
2: Oh, TikTok. TikTok.
0: which you know i haven't posted anything on there in a while i forget the name of it every time i go to give the handle it's the horror cast on tiktok (laughs) anyway i just draw a blank i'm sorry i'm not a millennial i'm 48 (laughs) years old dagnabbit so
2: i'm a millennial and i'm also not into tiktok so
0: okay All (laughs) all right all right well that's gonna do it for this episode of the horror cast where it's all killer, no filler. Stay scared.
3: Monster.